0: This is Slapdash HodgePodge, your random podcast. Alright everybody, this is Slapdash HodgePodge, your random podcast. This is our first pilot episode, so to speak. This is Carlin, and I'm here with Steven.
1: How's it going today, fellas?
0: Uh, Today's topic, we're going to start with anime. So... Steven, take it away.
1: Well, with the animes that are out there, I know you don't watch a lot of animes, Carlin, so we're going to start out with one that I know you've watched because you've actually told me you've watched this one, which is the uh, Gungill Art Alternative for Sword Art Online, which I did not start out liking this one just because I was a big fan of the Sword Art Online swords and fantasy worlds. And this one just brought it to a straight gun world dark.
0: Hey, I mean, guns are my thing, so swords not really.
1: Yes, I understand that. I'm not saying that was a bad area for sword art to go because they had to somehow bring in the people who didn't like, like swords. But it. I guess the way that they... Portrayed how easy it was to shoot in the game was what really kind of turned me off with the aiming
0: reticle and everything. All right, so let, let's discuss that as the main point here. In the in the anime, it shows you go into a world where it's all gun based. Pretty simple. They have a built-in aiming assist reticle that would be awesome for a real shooter. But how they portrayed it in the show was kind of crappy.
1: Yes, because as long as your target was in that circle, you hit no matter what. And it didn't matter if it was just the arm in that circle. You could have gotten a death shot off of that because your target was in the circle.
0: But it also explains later in the series that you don't have to focus on the shooting reticule, as they call it. That if you're an actual shooter... You can do what you normally do.
1: Yes, and aim down the gun and not use the bullet line either to let people know that you're targeting them. Because that red line coming out of your barrel was a dead giveaway that somebody was about to get shot.
0: Alright, so for our listeners, the bullet line in the anime was if they put their finger on the trigger, it projected a red laser. Now, all shooters know that that's poor form you don't put your finger on the trigger until you're ready to shoot
1: yes but a lot of these players were also new to shooting they didn't grow up around guns they they obviously weren't from the south this is a japanese anime these were not redneck southern people growing up around guns
0: hey now i resemble that remark (laughs)
1: you can resemble it all you want but (laughs) the truth is the truth it's a law in japan well i don't want to say it's a law but most japanese animes do not show any major gun usage unless you're a police officer or in the special forces
0: well i mean that's because of their stupid um censorship laws
1: yes but that goes to show that unless you're military trained or in the um police academy or police department, you're not going to be able to do well in this game without the bullet line because you don't know proper trigger placement.
0: All right, I'll cede that point to you. Thank you. (laughs) The realism of this show as far as what guns they used was actually kind of impressive. They um, made sure that they used the actual gun names, the actual fire capacity things of that nature that was what kind of hooked me on the show from the get-go
1: yeah i was going to say the fact that you actually had to reload during battles and you could only carry x amount of magazines based on your load set out that was definitely a strong point in the favor of this anime Because a lot of animes will just go, oh, hey, look, you got a 9mm pistol and you can shoot 150 rounds without (laughs) unloading.
0: They pretty much say Hollywood magic it.
1: Yeah. But then you got this big guy in the anime too called M who starts out like you're going to really like him. Like, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. He's not using the bullet line. He's not using the reticle. And then he ends up being afraid of a... Five-year-old girl.
0: Hold on now. You may be giving away the plot just a little too much there.
1: No, no. I'm talking about the little pink devil girl.
0: Okay. You're talking about the main character. Yes. Which, sadly, her name, in the game at least, um, eludes me. Her person name in the anime is Karen.
1: Yes. And Karen is a... I would say six feet tall in real life but that's just based off of the anime photos that you get of her. They don't actually give you her height but she doesn't like her height so she's going into all these different online games trying to find some some body that's short and ends up in the gun world with a short little where she looks like she's five years old and this giant dude ends up being scared of her because of how good she is in the game. But how do you become scared of somebody when it's a virtual game? It's not real. And yet he's scared, like physically crying when he's six feet tall, 260 pounds of pure muscle.
0: Well, I think that he's scared just because of the fact that it is a VR game. That is following on the trails of Sword Art Online, which they were trapped in a VR game and it became life.
1: Yes, but that was because of the nerve gear that they were using. Once they upgraded from nerve gear to the um, new version of it, they had the heart sensor rate in there, which it automatically kicked you out if your heart rate ever went up too high. You weren't getting trapped in a game anymore. They made sure of that.
0: But they were in the culture of, oh shit, we could actually be trapped in this game. It is a possibility. It's happened. Thousands of people died.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can kind of see that, but at the same point, even he goes on the record saying that he wasn't afraid of being stuck in the game. He was just afraid.
0: Well, then we'll call him a wimp. Thank you. He
1: was the biggest wimp of that game. Not to mention the four people that he teamed up with, not including <coughs> Pito, or Pito, whatever her name is.
0: That That's the main villain. And she She wanted to be in the Sword Art um, series and fight for her life, so she plays this game like it's going to be her last day.
1: I was going to say, she had a loving relationship with Death, and wanted to meet him.
0: Yeah. Kind of like a Deadpool and Death. There was a weird relationship there.
1: But then the four people that teamed up with Pito and M all went and committed suicide. And if you say anything different than that, you have not been watching the show.
0: I think that they committed suicide, though, because of the Pito character's pure batshit craziness.
1: They committed suicide because they wanted to leave M and Pito alone together. But if they really wanted to leave him and uh, Pito alone together, they would have killed some of the people that were trying to attack them in the game, in the tournament.
0: Yeah, that They, makes they no would sense.
1: have just strapped five grenades to their chest and tried to run down the stairs at them.
0: Uh, well, that's also because it's anime and people don't think in anime they just want something that's good for the show and at that point in the show they needed some action because it was getting kind of boring just a
1: little bit (laughs) though I was still sad that they just went and committed suicide in the game like they they could have at least taken out one guy one guy these guys were supposed to be top tier self defense guys I I
0: mean they were hired bodyguards they should have had their shit together clearly they didn't um, and they got beat by a bunch of little schoolgirls.
1: All well, what I'm saying is they should have thrown one grenade over the ledge, and then just dropped four grenades to themselves and then run down.
0: I... I don't like that tactic at all.
1: <laughs> I don't like any tactics where my teammates are going to go commit suicide just because they don't want to play anymore.
0: Well, Unfortunately, that's how modern gaming has evolved. With your massive multiplayer games, Call of Duty and Black Ops and all of that, you have little kids who get annoyed with playing and they're just like, screw it, I'm going to kill myself and not play.
1: Yeah, not that fun of a game to play when people are like that.
0: That's why I don't play online games or online multiplayer.
1: Wait until they actually come out with a VR system in real life, I bet I'll get you hooked.
0: Okay, so since we're on that... Where do you think the world of VR is going to go?
1: In real life or in anime? In real life. In real life? Uh, I think it'll probably be another 15-20 years before we get anything solid on a VR system. But once it comes out, it, it will suck in the beginning like any other new game console. And then the second gen and third gens will work out the bugs and...
0: So, you don't think the current generation of VR hardware, the Oculus, the HTC Vive, that those are not Gen 1?
1: No, those are pre-Gen. Kind of like how you had Sega before you had the PlayStation. Sega came out, and it was a game console, and it worked great. But then PlayStation came out and they never upgraded the Sega ever again. They just went with the PlayStation. Now we're up to PlayStation 4 and about to get PlayStation 5. And you don't hear anything about the Sega or Dreamcast or any of those consoles again. Because those were pre-consoles.
0: Dreamcast was set up for failure from the get-go. Sega, they... Turned their attention from making consoles to making games. Sega makes awesome games. They still make awesome games. And sometimes I think a studio should have to do that. That they go from making a console that's not successful to making games. And if they can focus on their games, their games are going to be better. I was
1: going to say, but they did have a successful console. Sega was a very successful console. I had one, I played it. I played it to death. I had to go buy a new one because of how badly I played that game that console. But then the PlayStation came out. That's what I'm saying. There's usually a pre-gen and then the first gen.
0: So you would be saying the Nintendo Entertainment System would be a pre-gen console.
1: Which Nintendo? Because you. The
0: Nintendo NES.
1: The Sega Dream or Sega NES. Because if you say Nintendo console, because you got Nintendo DS consoles, you got the Nintendo Switch. Well, we're, we're
0: talking about pre consoles here, or what you're saying are pre consoles. I'm talking about the 80s NES gray box with the cartridges.
1: Yes, those were pre consoles. Those were, hey, this is a great idea. Let's get this out onto the market and see how many people we can get to playing games at home instead of at an arcade where they have to go spend money people might actually enjoy this better because they're not spending as much money they might be spending more money outright to buy the console and buy the games but because they can just replay the games as much as they want they end up spending less money and then somebody's like hey that's a good idea let me actually get a decent working version out there that can kill everything else off and then we just upgrade that version. So that first version that killed everything else off... That's your first gen. Everything before that... Everything that died... Would have to be a pre-gen. It wouldn't be a first gen because... They didn't upgrade those to anything. They were... That's it. Sega never had... A second gen.
0: Well, it kind of did. Because you went from the Sega Saturn... Which was the black one. Cartridges. To the Dreamcast which was the small discs, if I remember correctly. I never owned a Dreamcast. The the small disc then went to GameCube. So Sega Saturn would be your Mm pre-console. Your Gen 1 console would be the Dreamcast. Yes. So by that thought train, Nintendo did not have a second-generation console until the GameCube came out. I I don't think I can agree with you on that.
1: Agree with me or not, I mean that's that's your opinion, this is my opinion, so therefore
0: These are our expert opinions. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is the Oculus though, I mean getting back to the VR whole system this, the Oculus I I almost wouldn't call that a VR. Um just because Yes, you put it over your eyes, and yes, you see the whole, you see the game that you're playing through the Oculus at that point, but it's not a full-body VR.
0: So it's not full immersion. Exactly. You're basically putting a screen three inches from your eyes.
1: Yes. Which is going to make everybody who's not already blind go blind.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I... I I mean, I think they had the problems with the Nintendo Virtual Boy, mostly because it was 8-bit, 3 inches from your eyes, but I I see where you're going with that, that the Oculus is eventually going to make people blind.
1: Yes. And people wearing glasses like me can't not hardly play it because any cheap version of it doesn't allow for the extra room for your glasses, and the more expensive ones is just, like, buying a new game console, and I'd rather go buy a Switch than a... well, Two-inch screen, three inches from my eyes.
0: <laughs> the uh, the more expensive versions are more than a game console. Like, if you want a good Oculus system, you're looking at $1,500 easily. Yeah. Now, they've got the mobile one that's like three $400, which it's fun, but it's limited. I want a full immersion where you have to put on a suit, put on the glasses... You get hit. You actually feel it. It's not going to kill you, but you feel it.
1: I mean, I wouldn't even go so far as wanting a full suit. I mean, that's more um, player one at that point.
0: Which Um, is full immersion VR.
1: Yeah, but I would go where... I I would stay with the sword art uh, type of immersion, where you put on the helmet and
0: it links you... It links links into your spinal cord. Yeah. So instead of a suit, you're feeling it on a... Nerve level. Yeah.
1: That way... It'd be easier to hack into. Yes, I get that. And people will be trying to because that's the world we live in. Once somebody comes up with something, they're like, Hey, let's break this and see how easy it is to break it. And it will happen. Well, I mean,
0: software companies now pay people. Like, Apple has a program. If you can hack our newest software... We will pay you like $200,000. The kid that found the group um, FaceTime, there was a flaw in their system where you could call and then listen in without them answering. He found it and made like $200,000 on it.
1: Yes. And the kid who found out a way to um, make a new $100 bill three days after the new $100 bill came out... (laughs) Also made $200 million, but you don't know his name.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know the guy that found the uh, FaceTime hack. I don't know his name. It's not important because he's like 11. Yeah,
1: it's always these kids that do it. Why can't they just leave the world alone?
0: Well, I think it's because kids are slowly killing our... What we know as our world. And saying that is horrible because, you know, kids are the future and shit like that.
1: I was going to say, at this point, it's not a world. We're still in our 20s.
0: Very true. You you
1: got... I say you got to be at least 40 to be able to claim the world, because at that point, you can...
0: But also, at that point, the people that are 40 or older have screwed up the world.
1: Yes. I'm not going to deny that. The world is a crap place right now. But... At the same point, once we get into our 35s, 40s, we can try and fix it, or we can go, oh, hey, I now see what they're doing. I now understand it. I understand why they were doing this. Maybe we should keep it going because it's the lesser of two evils. You just got to figure out why people are doing what they're doing first before we can condemn them to oh, they screw, screwed up the world, oh my gosh, let's go save it, when we don't even know what they're doing.
0: Or how to save it, for that matter.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, I. those are valid points. So we went completely off topic from what we were planning on to- discussing today. Um,
1: Good thing we called this a random podcast. That's
0: why we are a random podcast, exactly. Um, so... I think we're going to wrap this podcast up, see how it sounds. Uh, Be sure to like us, follow us. We will have a Twitter page shortly, as soon as I figure out how to work Twitter. Um, This has been Slapdash HodgePodge, your random podcast. This is Carlin and Steven signing off. Have
1: fun.